Welcome to Driftless Drinks. My name's John. My name's Mark. It's a beautiful world from Wisconsin all the way to Canada. Grab a paintbrush and your finest flannel and join us for a brew or two. Kick ass, eh? Let's get after it, eh? All right, the first beer we're going to look at today is something I've been enjoying for a little while now. Uh, came out this year. Uh, it is from Untitled Art. It's their Cerebral. Mm. And I don't know how, how many Untitled Arts have you had? Have zero. You had? Zero. Oh, yeah, exactly their, zero. Their offerings this year have been outstanding. So let me grab, I'm going to have to go down to the uh, can uh <laughs> The can of opportunity. I think that's a different. That's a different thing. It's a different venue right. altogether. If you go with a can of opportunity, <laughs> I guess you probably had some hams beforehand. Yes, absolutely. The land of sky blue water. <laughs> oh yeah, hams. <laughs> John hams. John hams. <laughs> the shower refreshing. <laughs> hams shower beer. I hear about that. Everybody, everybody. So you, you'd rather shower with John yeah. Ham than like what? You never. Gonna yeah, who wouldn't? Come on. I don't know. I could probably go either way. <laughs> so I'm going to dive down into the, the cooler of opportunity. The cooler of opportunity. Here we go. And I've pulled forth two untitled arts. Two of them, you say? Oh, we don't want to share these. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pass this off to you. Things are going to get liquid this episode. Oh, yes. So uh, this is Cerebral, and it is a chocolate macaroon imperial stout. So no brains in here. No, there's no brains in this. Cool. Uh, they have done... Uh, Untitled Art does an astonishingly good job of making beer, and they tend to focus on the beer... They want it to be an experience in each can. So their um, Untitled Art is out of Wanakee, Wisconsin. They call it Untitled Art because they have a lot of artists that uh, contribute to their can design. Yeah, literally, it's a parking lot full of artists. Oh, yeah. It, it's. It, I think it is. They also team up with a number of different brewers. If you go to Facebook and you go to their page, they don't have a lot of... Uh, information on this. Matter of fact, I couldn't find any on the Cerebral. So anything you want to learn about this beer, you're going to find on Untapped. You're going to find on Beer Advocate. You're going to find on Rate Beer. Hey, you know where else we're going to find it? Where's that? In the can. In the can. So um, I can't wait for you to try this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this. So the artist for this is uh, Stephanie Hammond. Uh, contains coconut and natural flavors. Uh, it is a 12%. Brewed and canned by Untitled Art, Cerebral Brewing, Wanakee, Wisconsin. So not to back this up too far, but when Go I for it. Googled untit- Untitled Art Brewery, it actually uh-huh. gives me the uh, location for Octopi Brewing. Uh, they, have, they are very, very, uh, they're tied together, and I haven't been able okay. to discern exactly how they're tied together. Because I've had an Octopi that oh, Octopi is amazing. really enjoyed. Yeah, so, there's a few of those that are outstanding. All right, cool. All right. So, so continue on. I'm sorry. Well, so what I want to do is let's go ahead. This is um, this has been in the uh, cooler of um, opportunity. opportunity and has come up to a pretty good temperature. So I think this is probably in you know, the mid-50s, and that's where this thing should be. Okay. So is the cooler named Opportunity? 
Or is it just a cooler of opportunity? It is a cooler of opportunity. Okay. Cooler, I didn't know if it was like, you know, like when they named space shuttles when that was going on. No, the cooler's name is Jake. Oh. Jake of opportunity. No, it's Jake, the cooler of opportunity. Oh. He's touchy. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. All right. All right. Let's crack this, baby. Okay. I really labored in that process. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Into the glass we go. So as you look at this bad boy, you can see this is this is a lot like any other Imperial Stout. It is night in a glass. Yep. Sure is. So, um, yeah, stick a nose in this. Mm-hmm. There is a world in here for me. Yeah, so you get the coconut right away. Yep, that coconut's there. That vanilla's right on the top. Uh-huh. There's something else going on, too. I'm trying to... Again, it takes me a long time to collect my thoughts on these things. Sorry for the labored point here, but... No, no, no. Yeah, see, the, the that biscuity kind of thing is in there. For me, the the coconut's absolutely there. The the vanilla rides on top. And the whole thing is sitting on a bed of chocolate for me. For me, it's just chocolate carries everything on this. Yeah. I'm hitting the coconut and the vanilla. There's something else too. It's almost like a I nailed it. I just got it. All right, what is it? It's in the Brock's pick a mix section of the your old time grocery store where you had those little Neapolitan candies. Oh, it is yeah, exactly yeah. that. That's what you're getting out of? Okay. Yep. I didn't have enough of those to be able to make that connection, so. I used to work at a grocery store. We had a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is totally those Brock's candies. Okay. I yeah. want to see how this lines up taste-wise now because now my expectations are set. All right. And I know what it is I got in my nose. All right, let's give it a shot here. You want to go in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is where I've been living, man. This is... So there's a lot... Love this. ...of that Brock's Coconut Neapolitan candy thing. Mm-hmm. What's going on at the back of this? There's there's a... there's a, So the back end of this has a little bit of bitterness that I, I associate with a high-end 72% or more chocolate, a dark chocolate. That's what I'm getting. That's what I get out of it. I'm... And that coconut just riding over the top of it. Yeah, it's unsweetened coconut. Mm-hmm. And there's a weird alcohol burn too. Oh yeah, this is it's twelve percent. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's not. A lot of those get hidden, and I don't know if it's the coconut that's bringing that forward. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, actually, there's yeah, a. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of sugar in this beer. There has to be. But it <laughs> yeah. doesn't cover up the booze entirely, which is weird. It's it's. This is a an amazingly thick, viscous beer. Uh huh. Yeah. This is this. But is, there's that weird lightness to it that the coconut brings and the alcohol bring uh-huh. that sort of separate the middle of this, right? So instead of just being thick, syrupy, sweet all the way through like that, there's a not a hole in it, but there's there's separation between the top and the bottom of it with the coconut and the alcohol and then yep. the big sugar boost at the bottom. 
There's almost a faint espresso note in here. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's what I'm sensing instead of the... And I don't know if that's the coffee and the chocolate coming together or if mm. it's like... If I'm perceiving that as like a coffee kind of a note. No, I get it because when you do a chocolate beer, when you add beer and chocolate, you get something that tastes like mm-hmm. coffee. And that's what we're really used to. But the question is, do you like it? I don't not like it. <laughs> that's... that's I th- for me, the coconut overpowers it enough where mm. it, it can't be an absolute go-to. Okay. Um, but I can see why you would want this when you're opening presents. Yep, and that's the whole thing for me. This is, I this could, is a holiday beer for me. I, I can see why instead of ordering Baileys and coffee at the end of your meal, exactly. you would have one of these. Yep. I could see why you could even forego the tiramisu. No, we do not forego tiramisu in my household. Mm. That's where we draw the line. That that is, we draw the line at that. The only answer is both. Oh, if I can do both, I'm in. <laughs> Holy crap! That's the one flavor that you know. If that somehow carried a little brown sugar, like less coconut and a little brown sugar yeah. into this, yep, it would. Uh, oh, for me, oh, is oh. like knock the coconut down about. Two thirds and add mm-hmm. toffee. Yeah, and so and that's the thing is you have to remember that, and you have to remember it's chocolate macaroon. So they're going yeah. for yeah. The, the 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 notes of of oh, I get coconut it. that we're getting is yep. supposed to be there. I mean, it is that is crafted into this. So no, I wholly understand it. I, I just it's not a hundred percent for me, oh. um, but it really gets you thinking about what's in here. Yeah, I wish and they the would cool tell us th- more. I'm almost glad they don't. That is refreshing, isn't it? I I sort of enjoy because a lot of the beers that we do, you know what I mean. We we kind of know what the styles are. We know what to look for. There's plenty of information on the web about what what's mm-hmm. in it. You know, a lot of brewers are very forthcoming. This is almost refreshing. It's like this is what we're calling this. We're calling it a chocolate macaroon imperial stout, and then give you no more information on it. It's like, <laughs> well, go. F- Figure out your story with it, you know? I sort of like that, um, as it gives you a lot less preconceived notions uh, as to what it is. Yep. And, you know, the thing that the thing that we're kind of glazing over here is um, that this is actually... Cerebral isn't actually the name of the beer. Cerebral is the brewer that they worked with. Um, okay. Yeah, so they're out of, um, they're out of Denver, Colorado, Cerebral Brewing. Um, so they're they're the ones that worked with it. So a lot of times you look at these and you see the title and and that's actually not the that's not the name of the beer. The name of the beer is simply uh chocolate macaroon imperial stout. Cerebral Brewing out of Denver is is the one that partnered with them to make this. And I know nothing else about Cerebral Brewing, honestly. Cool artwork, Stephanie. So that is the chocolate macaroon imperial stout from Untitled Art. Um, it has been my go-to this holiday season. One of them. There's a few of them, and uh, this is one that I've I've enjoyed very much this year, and I hope to enjoy it in the years to come if they will uh, bring it back. Exactly. Hey, did you keep a few of these to age? I kept one to age. Good enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> How many more do you need? You know, that, that's that's what I got. So that's one of those things where they taste really good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to keep them. Hell yeah. Why wait? Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, thank you, John, for bringing this one by Untitled Art. You very, are quite very welcome. good. My my introduction to Untitled Art. I look to, I look forward to seeing more of these. Oh, this will be fun. We'll we'll dive deep. All right. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Welcome back to Driftless Drinks. So speaking of tasting, which is something that all of us do when we're drinking beer and uh, eating foods and doing all kinds of good things, like cookies, mm, eating cookies, or tasting beers. Cookies. Pretty much that's all I got on my mind right now is either tasting beers or eating cookies. Any case, um, speaking of tasting, mm-hmm. John, you've got some uh, fun fun things to share Yes, you know a lot of people have about tasting. Yeah, a number of people have asked us um, um, in person. Mostly, have said, you know, I'm I'm trying these beers and I try them with you, and the only thing I get out of it is either I like it or I don't. And they're like, I know you're talking about all these notes. You're talking about the shortbread, and you're talking about the hops, and you're talking about the floweriness and all yada yada. And the yada. anchovies. And the anchovies. Well, yeah. well, there was that. There was that beer. Yeah. But they're talking about this, and they say, I don't get any of that. And you know how come I don't get any of that? How can I? How can I get that? You know, taste what you're tasting. And so, one of those people happen happens to have been my mother. And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Hi, John. So, hi, hi, John. Hi, hi, mom. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to really kind of touch on is how that happens from a from a, uh, a beginner standpoint. We're beginners. We just happen to yes. have been lucky enough to have stumbled into how to kind of do this. Many from thousands of beers. <laughs> many thousands of beers. Plus a lot of introspection. Sorry, Mom. We, we are overly introspective. I'm not sorry, Mom. So when we, when we talk about tasting, the first thing to note, we're going to talk about how to actually go about tasting a beer. And this actually kind of works for nearly anything, uh, especially for liquids. But we're going to really just look at beer. Um, the first thing that you should know is that with any beverage, uh, you are going, there's a wall. There's this thing that they talk about, the wall. Eventually you hit it. And if you've had coffee, if you're, if you're an adult who has had coffee, at first it was, it was kind of bitter, it was tough, you didn't really like it, but you kept drinking it because of one reason or another. And eventually you went, oh, wait a minute, I understand why I like this now. Or suddenly you become, oh yeah, this this is pretty good. Yeah, you become one with the force. You become one with the force. But it actually kind of opens up. And that's the wall. So it's the same kind of thing. You try coffee for a while and eventually you go, hey, I like this. For me, that was the addition of chocolate and milk and you know having a, a latte. And the latte has kind of got me into it. And then it's like, oh, those coffee notes. I like the coffee notes in the latte. And now I drink you know black coffee. My favorite mm-hmm. thing is uh, with coffee is just, just give it to me black. Everything else is fine, but my favorite's black. Oh. And it's because I've learned those notes and I know I know what to taste for now. Can I tell you how I like my coffee? Oh, absolutely. With honey. Ooh, that's yeah. a good that's a good way to have coffee. I mean, just to throw a counterpoint to that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like that's how I started with coffee too. It was like what the hell were those iced cappuccino drink oh, things? Yeah, you those know what I'm talking good. about? Yep, um, yep. Those are delicious. Um in any case, it was like, oh, there's coffee in there. And then it was like you start whittling out things one by mm-hmm. one. And then yep. it's like coffee with creamer, coffee with sugar, coffee yep. with milk. And then it's like, oh, I kind of narrowed it down to coffee with honey. That's yeah. my jam. When you talk about tasting a beer, though, when you're talking about going through and trying to get all those notes, there's actually a whole process that you follow. 
And so, and if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know that the first thing you're going to do when you when you crack open a beer, well, first of all, the sound of the beer opening is fun. Um, not part of the tasting, but fun. But the first thing that you're going to do is pour it into a glass so that you can see it. Um, drinking out of a can or out of a bottle is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you pour it into a glass, you can actually kind of observe it and you can see you can kind of get that anticipation. Yep. So viewing is a big part of it. And Giving not only look, that, but it unlocks some flavors in yes. the beer too. Yeah, because you've got some, you've got a, a wider space in the top yep. of the glass, no matter what kind of glass you're using, than you are from the top of the bottle or top of a can. Yep. So you, so you unlock some of those. You can those use things. more of your senses toward right. The beer, and so. so that brings up the second point, which is the next thing you do is you smell it. You put a nose in it, and you say, okay, what am I getting? And what that's going to do is it's going to pull over those olfactory senses that you have in the top of your nose, and you're going to kind of pull that in, and that does a whole bunch of brain processes stuff that with a hypothalamus and the thalamus and stuff that we're not going to get into, but it actually starts triggering some th- things in your brain. That kind of lets you know what this thing's all about, and that's part of you know when when kind of that primitive thing where you know is the fruit good, is the meat good, is you know is what I'm smelling good? Does it smell like a dog's ass? Right, or, or does it smell like yeah, this maybe this apple's kind of turned, and that might be good because it's good. now eat, it's cider. Yeah, don't you eat know. the pistachio ice cream. <laughs> don't eat the It so, has turned. It has turned. So you're smelling it first, and you're kind of getting that odor. All right, so you got the viewing, you got the smelling, and then the next thing you're going to do is taste. And there's a lot that goes with taste. And you might not think that when you first put it in your mouth. So the first thing you have is you have this mouthfeel. And the mouthfeel is going to tell you a lot of things. You're going to have these receptors, and it's actually the touch and pain receptors in your tongue that will tell you what the mouthfeel is, not the taste buds. And remember, the taste buds aren't those little things that you see in the middle of your tongue you know, we had this idea of how the the tongue was mapped where you had like bitter on the sides and sweet in the front. Mm-hmm. That, that was a complete fabrication. That was somebody oh. oversimplifying what's really going on. Slim Goodbody lied to me. He, he did. I'm afraid Slim Goodbody, who was awesome, lied to you. Most of the receptors lie in the edges of your tongue, most of the taste receptors, and they also lie in the back of your tongue. And when you, but the pain receptors are, and the touch receptors are all over your tongue. And so you can kind of get an idea of, um, the character of it and the texture of it. And then there's this this thing as it sits in your mouth. So not only is it going over some of the taste bud receptors that are in the back of your, um, the taste receptors are in the back of your tongue. They're on the sides of your tongue. There's actually taste receptors in your esophagus. So while it's sitting in your mouth, one of the things that's happening is that you get this um, uh, glycoside uh, release. So you have these enzymes that are being released by your saliva, and that will kind of break things up and actually add some aroma to it. So if you've ever noticed that you put something in your mouth and if you leave it there, suddenly you get a different odor out of it. Suddenly you get a smell out of it. And that's because your your saliva is kind of reacting with it, and you're kind of and those receptors are kind of kicking it in. So you kind of put something in your mouth. So you've you viewed it, you smelled it, you put it in your mouth, kind of kind of just kind of left it on your tongue for a little bit. You don't have to do a swishy thing or anything crazy. And then what you do is you swallow. And this is where wine tasting gets it wrong. If you taste wine and you put it through your mouth and you spit it out, you've missed those taste receptors that are actually in your esophagus, that are in your throat and in the back of your mouth. When you swallow, you get some more flavor, you get some more um, reaction from that. The other thing that you get is you get what's called a uh, retronasal olfaction. And if Whoa, you remember, what <laughs> retronasal olfaction? All right, if somebody so, told me I had one of those, I would. You, you've had it all I, the time. I, 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 make right. sure my will is current. All right. So if you remember a couple episodes, I said that we had a beer that was really good for burping. 
Remember when I said that? Yeah. So what that's actually doing is when you swallow, um, after your epiglottis releases and you're breathing normally again, the odor is will actually come back up and over the over the olfactory receptors in your nose backwards. If you happen to burp, that just forces it. <laughs> and suddenly it's gone all over your nose. But you'll get that regardless of whether or not you burp. You'll actually get that kind of secondary nose to it. And that gives you a different aspect to it. So, yeah. So if we try this, we got this. We still have some uh, Imperial Stout from Untitled Art here. And if you swallow it. I do. Right. And then just kind of sit there and breathe naturally you'll get a little bit of a chocolatiness that comes over your nose. So if you close your mouth and just breathe through your nose for a second, you'll, you'll actually kind of get the chocolate when you breathe out. Not when you breathe in, but when you breathe out. And you can kind of get that. And so that's an extra note that comes along with it. All right. And then you have flavor, and the flavor is kind of putting all that together. What's it taste on your tongue? What's it going on? What's going on with your nose? You know, this... this uh, this retronasal olfaction, that kind of thing. You know, what's going on as I'm sitting here? And and then there's the final aspect. So we've talked about you you look at it, you smell it, you taste it, kind of, you know, what's the mouth feel like, that kind of thing. What kind of flavors are you, what kind of nose are you getting while it's sitting in your mouth and you swallow it? All right. And then the last thing you do is how is it leaving you? How does it, what's the impression that it leaves? And that can last up to three minutes. I, there are beers that if you try, especially ones that are really high in hops, that three minutes later you go, wow, that was kind of kick that was kind of kick ass. Or wow, I don't really think I want another one of those. And that'll happen up to three minutes later. And that's a noted technique. That'll actually happen. Now, all of this, trying to pick out the flavors that are there, the 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 biscuit, the apricot, the um the maple that's going to be sitting there, the chocolate that's, that might be in there, all of those things, picking those out comes with time and it comes with just trying them and trying to pay attention. So it isn't like you can't do it. It's just that you're not there yet. And we all know people who do that. Like I, I, I have friends who will try beer and they'll say, I either like it or I don't. Yep. Perfectly valid. Nothing wrong with that. The more they pay attention to what they're tasting and kind of going, do I get anything? Nah, I don't get anything. Great, no problem. You're paying attention to it, and that's a win. Eventually you'll go, huh, that's kind of like an animal cracker. And boom, yep. then you've got it. Then you've started to get it. As soon as like something comes to you, it's like, that's like X. Then you've got it. There are a handful of friends that you know I, I encourage them to give me reviews of what it is they're drinking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people are really forward with it and, you know, they give me exactly what it is they're thinking. And other ones need a little more encouragement. And I, I love talking to people like that. It's like, well, you know, it, I just like it. Well, yeah, but why? Give me one thing. Give me one thing that you like about this. And you can give me whatever you want. You know what I mean? You, sure. Uh, there's a lot of booze on the nose. Okay, that's cool. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. This one has a whiskey taste. All right, I get that too. That's awesome. Sure. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, if you're training yourself to do these things, and by no means am I an expert <laughs> or by I, any or stretch I. of the imagination. I just had a lot of experience. Yeah. It doesn't make me learned. <laughs> it doesn't make me smart. Yep. But 
over time, you'll kind of come to grips with what mm-hmm. your palate offers you. And each beer, like, you don't have to taste what somebody else is tasting. As John, you know, oh, yeah, you and absolutely. I have gone through this a bunch of times. And it's like, you'll pick up things I won't. I'll pick up things that you don't necessarily see as being at the forefront of what's going on with that if same I pick it up beer. At all. If I pick it up at so all. So it's, yeah. you know what I mean? And we're cool. We get along, you know, but like, <laughs> it just, yeah. sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Like everybody's palate's a little bit different. So don't be embarrassed to think about it or talk about it or figure out what it is you have going on. Just because you think it tastes like strawberries and somebody else says, no, that's chocolate. doesn't mean your opinion is invalid. Oh yeah. It and, just means that you're tasting it a different way. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? There are certain things with certain, uh, flavors and profiles of beer and scotch and whiskey and all these Mm -hmm. other things that a lot of people taste and those are the things that they say then you should be looking for within those it doesn't that doesn't mean there aren't other things that you will taste or that you'll or that you'll even get any of those yeah i mean you might not and we've talked about this a hundred times it's what have you had to eat today what was the thing that's most recent in your memory about this? Oh, exactly. What is, you know, what's the quality of the air around you? Because that's going to affect the way mm-hmm. your nose is, the way you smell things. Yeah. Like, it could be a million different things. And sometimes people are just wired differently where they taste different things. The idea is just to kind of express through it, go through the motions, see what you get out of it, yeah. and just keep trying. And, and eventually, with it. Yeah, and eventually you're going to come up with, you know, it might be your own taxonomy. It might be something completely different. Yeah. And... Uh, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You're amongst good friends here. Absolutely. And just make sure you uh, keep us posted on what you're drinking and why you're drinking it and why you like it. And if you can come up with one reason, that's good enough for us. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be huge, long, some giant, articulate message of hope, love, and appreciation. No, it, it can be anything you'd like. Yeah. And you know what? Mark and John have got your back. Yeah. All right. There we go. And that is how to taste beer. Welcome back to Driftless Drinks. We have Boulevard's Plaid Habit. And uh, this is, I think, the second year this thing's been running. Uh, Mark, you want to tell us a little bit about this thing? Yeah, I really don't know a whole lot about it other than it's got this... uh, Really nice. Uh, it looks like a gingham plaid label, mm-hmm. and I I like that. It caught my eye, and I saw what it was. It was a Boulevard, and it says Plaid Habit. It's a Canadian whiskey barrel aged Imperial Brown, limited release. Uh, turning the bottle over it says Plaid Habit, limited release, twelve and a half percent alcohol by volume, thirteen IBU. And if you go to the website, it actually has the. Uh, it has the uh, European Brewery Convention color rating on it as well, and it colors in at 78. Born a double-mashed imperial brown ale, then matured for 18 months in freshly drained 10-year Canadian rye whiskey barrels. Ooh, it's a rye. This beer features mm-hmm. checkered notes of rich vanilla, charred oak, warming whiskey, and spicy rye. With a lingering boozy sweetness and round resonant flavor, Plaid Habit clearly earns its name. Well, that sounds just wonderful. This makes me want to move to Canada, except for you probably can't get this beer there. <laughs> and did you mention before we started recording that, that you found the calorie intake on this? Do we even want yeah. to mention that? Oh, yeah. So there's okay. more on the website. Hold on. Let me get back to this. So, yeah, it has tasting notes. Um, 
I can go through those real quick. It says rich caramel toffee, spicy rye whiskey, vanilla for the aroma, mm-hmm. uh, toasted biscuity caramel malts, minimal supporting balance hops. I don't even know why they put that on there. Anyway, uh, balance malt <laughs> whiskey and body full. But then if you, as you move along, it gives you food pairings, which rosemary lamb chops. All right, whatever. Uh, maple taffy, which that sounds interesting. Poutine also yeah. sounds interesting. Like I would. Well, it, anything goes with good with pu- poutine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like pizza. Um, and then exactly. you can move on to nutrition info. So here I clicked on this, right? And it okay. says per twelve ounce serving calories. You ready? I'm I'm here. What do you got? Three hundred eighty four. <laughs> Twenty nine carbs. Oh, Miller right. sixty four drinkers be damned. Shall we open them? Yeah, let's pop these things open. You want to give All me right. a countdown here? All right, we'll go. Th- three, two, one, go. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Oh, I misfired. My hand slipped when right. I was when you said go. Oh, I'm sorry. Bummer. Go get another one. You can drink too. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. I'm going to pour now. Hmm. That is an interesting. Whoop. That's an interesting pour. Huh. That is. A, wow. So. Got a beautiful head. I seem to be missing that on mine. No, mine's mine's got a pretty decent head on it. All right, what are you looking at for color? Because mine's kind of a murky, obviously a very brown color, but you know what I mean? If you look at it in the corners and the edges, it, it gets a little yellowy, I would say. Yeah, I'm kind of, well, I'm not seeing yellow so much as I'm seeing some, I'm getting a lot of good brown. I'm getting some redness that's coming through on those on those edges. Almost looks like a cherry kind of color coming through. All right, so I dropped the nose in it, and it's just got that it's got that beautiful brown mapley kind of flavor coming up with that boozy note. Yeah, which you know it just immediately it, that that. I associate that smell instantly with a with whiskey barrel aged. So generally speaking, like the bigger stouts and stuff have a big enough backbone to really handle barreling. Just curious to see how aggressive this is, because right out the chute when you smell it, you're like, whoa, all right. You want to taste it? Alright, shall thing? we? Yeah, let's let's try this. All right, I'm going in. Okay. Here we are. John's gone in for a taste. I'm right behind. Oh, dude. Wow. Oh. That's that has that that is uh the smell belies the taste. There is much more there than meets the nose. So here comes that maple toffee vanilla thing. Mm-hmm. It's all in the mouth. There is none of this prevalent on the nose. Oh I shouldn't the, say none, but lo mm-hmm. and behold. You're right. There, there is a very, without being overpowering or just like gut-wrenchingly, sickeningly sweet, but there is a very large, like maple 
caramel kind of punch going with this that I did not yep. anticipate from the nose. Yeah, that 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 uh, toasted um, caramel flavor that's coming through is is Man. really pronounced. I want to say that it's a like the uh, those uh, sugar maple candies that you get in Canada, but it's not nearly that sweet. It just has that back end to it. Yeah. And so what I get out of this, the the one the word that keeps coming back to me is uh, biscuit. I really kind of get that shortbread biscuit kind of flavor out oh, of this. Oh yeah. And that's not normal. I don't normally get that out of things, even when they say that that's what you're gonna pull out of it. The the mouthfeel of this for me is really Sammy Claus. Oh yeah. Like there is a big there's so as I'm looking at my glass, like I said, I didn't get much head out of this thing. The bubbles are very mm-hmm. faint, and there's this huge, like, this big, silky, velvety, gigantic mouthfeel to this, right? Like, very mm-hmm. viscous. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it actually, there's a little bit of a finishing note, too, that I can't quite pin just yet, but it's it's very faint, very subdued in here. Yeah, the mouthfeel in this is to me is really has that smoothness, that kind of Cody kind of thing. Yes, yeah, where velvety. yeah, it's just has that has that same feeling to it, but is a little lighter. The oh. the back note that the back note that I'm getting out of it. Yeah, as let's soon get as you to that. that. Yeah, so as soon as you mention that back note, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, what is that? It's rye whiskey. That's what I get as the back note. Really? The same? Yeah, the same ending note that I get from that is the same flavor I get out of a good rye whiskey. So that's what I'm associating with is rye. Okay. Cause uh, like, okay. Are you getting... so I, I was going to go a different place with it. Mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying. There's that hint of Please that do. spicy ryeness in the back note, but right. I think what I was trying to say at the end of the mouthfeel and what I was kind of getting to with the, the Sammy Claus references, there's like apple brandy in there. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hitting on. It's like that. What you had said with the shortbread thing. Mm-hmm. It's that and like apple brandy. That that describes it perfectly. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like, this is one that like if you're gonna drink with us on this podcast, I would really love to hear from you on this one. Mm-hmm. There's a, like John described a mouthful of words that like I can understand as I'm tasting it and it's not exactly what I'm getting out of it. And then I think I mm-hmm. kind of go a different way with it. And when you're hearing me, like it's sort of the same, like there are elements of everything we're talking about in here. And it's just curious to see like what everybody picks up on. To me, yeah, that would I be think- interesting. I would love to hear from anybody that hears this because I, I really want to know what you get, where you're at in this beer with it, because this, uh, I'm not saying it's blowing me away, but it's it. There is just some cool stuff happening here. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, that's a good way to get hold of us and let us know what you think. You can also, if you're uh, if you're on Podbean and you want to go to, or you want to just hit us up at uh, driftlessdrinks.com. Yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think on this on this bad boy. This is Boulevard can do some really amazing things. This is one of their stars, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they do some really fun stuff with co- combining kind of like traditional beers with interesting flavors that can pair with them in the bottle. 
Yeah. One one note I would add now that I, I can get a visual through the bottom of the glass because I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. This thing, it, it it really has this weird like tobacco sunburst kind of a look to it through the bottom of a glass, right? So it starts off kind of brown on the edge and then it warms to a to a cherry red, like a deep cherry red, and then to a deep amber at the top. It's really it's fun to look at through the bottom of the glass. But alas, it is almost gone. We we had not until this point had a good guitar reference. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I you are exactly right. Oh. Well, John. All right, man. I'm so glad well, I got to taste this with you. We had a lot of notes and a lot of fun talking about this. Um, and there's yeah, a lot of did. stuff that hit the that's going to hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> this was a really fun beer to chew through with you. Yep, and and I re- I really appreciate it, man. This 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 is this is what it's all about right here. Thank you, sir. Thank you as that's well. Boulevards. Yep, that's Boulevards. Uh, Plaid Habit. Yes. Canadian Canadian whiskey, barrel aged Imperial Brown Ale. Go get you some, and please, 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 if you do, give us your notes. We want to hear exactly how you tasted this one for the first time. So. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Clang. Driftless Drink Studio recording courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can visit us at www.driftlessdrinks.com where you can comment on each episode or say hi on Facebook and let us know your favorite brews. If you'd like to drink along with us, find us on Instagram at driftlessdrinks where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. All right, that is our excursion through uh, macaroons and Canada proper. Yeah, we went through the macaroon mountains. Only be stopped by a giant yeti <laughs> who happened who, to be wearing plaid. Who gave us a plaid habit. <laughs> I I think Thunder Bay misses us, man. I think we got to go back to Thunder you, Bay. You think so? They, they miss us. They say nice things about you. Do they? I, I think I think we need to go back. That sleeping giant has your name. He's got a little badge on him right there. <laughs> he, he wants to see you again. Great day for Thunder Bay. Great day for Thunder Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good All times. Right. We'll we'll get into that on another episode. Oh yeah. We'll get into oh, oh the tower. We gotta talk about the tower at some point. Yep. I still have pictures. All right. So uh that's all for this week. My name is John. My name is Mark. And be sure to keep a cold one handy for us. All right, well, welcome back to you, Driftless Drinks. Throwing it to John. All Just right. kidding. <laughs> I'll, we'll just do that again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Because they're the ones that do the um, uh, Benthic Burble bear, uh, Burble Burble uh, Burble Burble Burble. Oh, like the Rover Burbles bear. on Thundercats. Yeah. 
You, you want to ask just how far I've gotten into this uh, plaid habit right now? Because <laughs> an old fashioned should have a good bourbon or a rye in it, um, not brandy, which everybody around here puts in. Um, yeah, we need to edit this hey, out. <laughs> we might have to edit this out. We're losing people. Uh, no, no. We're losing people. You can't tell. On. You can't tell people in Wisconsin they can't have a brandy old fashioned, man. Let, 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 let me back up. <laughs>